Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, March 18th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer Chris Evangelista. Hello. All right, guys, only four things to talk about today. Should be a relatively short episode, so let's dive right into it. Brad, tell us about Disney's plan, its approach to its upcoming theatrical releases. Yeah, their their plan is essentially to not really have a plan, at least for the time being. Um, Disney is basically trying to be pretty flexible about what they consider for theatrical releases for upcoming big blockbuster movies and how they want to handle that. Um, they have been one of the studios that has kind of just played the wait and see approach of seeing how what the environment is like for movie theaters and how how safe it is, how willing audiences are um, to turn out to movie theaters, especially now that the COVID-19 vaccine is starting to become more widespread. And uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek recently said that um, when it comes to movies like Black Widow uh, and other upcoming big potential theatrical releases, they're basically uh, will be making a last minute decision uh, on these kinds of uh, release strategies. And that's mostly because we're starting to see studios keep their release dates that are coming up in the spring and the summer uh, because now that the COVID vaccine is more widespread, people will start heading back to movie theaters and they can get these movies out there. Um, Disney, you know, they've been pretty flexible throughout this entire thing. They've kind of, um, they've waited until the last possible minute where they can give the movie a good marketing campaign uh, and then, let people know where they can see the movie. You know, Soul, they decided to put onto Disney Plus back at the beginning of October, which was a couple, two and a half months before it, it hit Disney Plus uh, at Christmas. Ryan, The Last Dragon, they announced at the beginning of December, and it came out just at the beginning of March. But now we're getting to a point where Black Widow is supposed to come out on May 7th, and we don't know for sure if it will get, you know, only a theatrical exclusive release on that day, if it might get pushed back a little bit, if it could get a combination theatrical and premiere access release on Disney Plus, like Rye on the Last Dragon just did. Um, and they're kind of taking that same approach, too, with Cruella, because we've seen a couple teasers for this movie, but there's been no indication as to whether the release date that's set for May 28th 
is in theaters on Disney Plus, uh, both something like that. And so Disney really just they're holding off until the last possible minute to to figure out what the best approach is for releasing these movies. Do you think it really just comes down to the vaccine? Like that's the only difference between you know uh, something like Black Widow and something like uh, like Raya, the, m- the most recent sort of uh, straight to Disney Plus kind of scenario. I, I think so, just because you know, even just back at the beginning of March, you know, was when the vaccine really started hitting a lot more people, and now that uh, you know President Joe Biden has made it so that there will be enough. Uh, doses of the vaccine available by the beginning of uh, May to give everybody the vaccine. We're getting to a point now where it's, we're going to see a lot more things opening up. That's because, you know, Disneyland just announced that they were going to be reopening on April 30th. So we're, we're starting to see companies, you know, that are gradually returning back to normal. And so I think that when it comes to the theatrical release strategy, they're waiting to see how many people are coming back to theaters, whether it's worth it to, you know, put the movie out at the beginning of May, maybe hold off until later in the summer. Because mm-hmm. the movie, especially one like Black Widow, they've been holding off on this one because they want it to be seen in theaters. They want it to be a big box office draw. So right. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, I mean, obviously we have like no insider information here, but uh, just based on, I don't know, Brad, like what your, your general thoughts, what you've been reading maybe, or just what you, anecdotal evidence, anything at all, just uh, give me some wild speculation about what you think is going to happen with Black Widow. Do you think they'll kick it down the the road, you know, a month or two to sort of like give people a little bit of a buffer? Do you think they'll stick with that date? What do you think? It's a good question. I, I feel like since it's so close to the, um, when Biden, you know, said that ever, there should be enough vaccines for everybody that pushing back like a month might be a good idea to like early June. Um, but, you know, we're also dealing with the issue of, like, the calendar's already going to be pretty crowded from all the movies that have been been delayed. So it's, you know, it's a really tough situation. But Disney is one of the theaters that have, they've been the most cautious when it comes to determining what to do with their, their movies as far as releasing some of them direct to streaming or mm-hmm. pay VOD. Um, and, they're, and that's really because they're the ones who can probably afford to hold off on releasing these movies the most because they know that they have movies that are going to be huge box office draws when the time comes. Yeah. And some of these other studios just don't have that convenience. And then Disney also probably isn't interested in shaking up the distribution window as much as studios like, you know, Universal and, and Warner Brothers were. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely right. Um, OK, so, yeah, we'll we will definitely talk about uh, any sort of solidified plans for Black Widow's release when that actually comes down the pike. So stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk about a couple of um, actors who are potentially set to return to reprise uh, famous roles. So Timothy Oliphant, first of all, is uh, potentially going to return as his justified character, Raylan Givens, in a new TV show for FX that is based on an Elmore Leonard novel. Um, the novel is called, I have it right here in front of me, City Primeval High Noon in Detroit. And uh, this book came out in 2012. Um, the Raylan Givens character was the, like I said, the, the lead of, uh, Justified, which is also based on a, an Elmore Leonard novel, uh, short story. That character has appeared in, in several Leonard projects over the years. Um, yeah, this is interesting because, uh, Justified ended in 2015 and we haven't really seen, you know, in, uh, Timothy Oliphant return to 
uh, a role like this before. I mean, he, he recently showed up in the season in season two of uh, the Mandalorian playing a sort of like cowboy esque character. Um, so that was kind of a cool little nod there to fans for, um, sort of, you know, yeah, tipping the cap as, as it were <laughs> to uh, his previous role in justified, but this is actually going to be the actual character coming back, um, which doesn't really happen too often, at least over a course of many, many years like this. So uh, the City Primeval novel involves a psychopathic killer named the Oklahoma Wildman and a dedicated Detroit homicide detective who vows to track him down. And Raylan Givens is not going to be that detective character, so we're not sure if he's actually going to star in the show in some sort of uh, you know supporting capacity or if he's really just going to drop by for a small cameo or something. Um, but yeah, just interesting stuff for all the justified heads out there. I'm sure there are a lot of fans of that show. Um, it was sort of a big deal when it was on, uh, in that sort of early peak TV, uh, 2010, 2015 period. So, um, good stuff there. So, uh, Chris, tell me about a different, uh, you know, actor who is about to potentially reprise a major role. So, uh, Matthew McConaughey is uh, surprisingly going to reprise the role he played in the 1996 movie A Time to Kill for a new HBO series called A Time for Mercy. Uh, both of these these stories are based on books by John Grisham. And um, yeah, that's really all we know at the, at the moment. There's no one like attached to write the show yet. There's no director uh, all we know is that HBO is turning this book into a show and McConaughey is reprising this character. So Chris, what do you think about a time to kill? Have you rewatched that one recently? You know, I haven't watched it since it came out and I'm pretty sure no one else has either. It's, <laughs> it's um, the movie is, is fine. I guess I'm not a big John Grisham fan. I've tried reading some of his books and I just find them very, very dry. They're just not for me, but you know, they, they were big bestsellers. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this book, uh, Time for Mercy, is actually new. It came out last year, so that's kind of interesting. And it's just kind of interesting in general that Matthew McConaughey would be like, you know what, I want to play this this guy again on TV. Yeah, I mean, he was like one of the first major actors to come to TV w- with True Detective. That was, I remember that being a huge deal when it was announced because he had, I think he had just won the Oscar at that point, or he was about to. It was, it was in that period. Um, and it was like, what an A-list movie star is going to do a television show. Obviously that is, that has become like just the norm now, but, um, I think this is going to be the first big show for him since true detective, right? He hasn't, he hasn't slipped in and done a run on, on some series that I haven't heard of or that I'm forgetting. Right. Yeah, this is, I I am pretty, I'm pretty sure you're right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we move on from, from this sort of, uh, dual topic, uh, Chris, did you watch justified at all? I watched the first episode and I was like, yeah, this isn't that special, but everyone says it's great. So one day I do need to go back and rewatch it. But just like the first episode just never hooked me for some reason, even though I like Tim of the Elephant. I, I love me some Walton Goggins. It just, for, for whatever reason, it just didn't, I don't know. I, it was fine. It well, you know, there's so much, there's so much TV, Ben. Yeah. I have, I have, to, you know, I have a limited amount of time to devote to new shows, but everyone, oh, yeah. everyone says it's great. So one day I, I definitely plan on go back and going back and watching it. I would actually personally recommend you just watch the first two seasons and then tap out after the season two finale, because the show just sort of takes a nosedive from there and just gets like, how many seasons were there? I think like five or oh, something. My. And I, I didn't even finish the show. I was like, the biggest justified fan on the planet for a little while, it seems like. Uh, and then it just dropped in quality so much where it became a show like, um, like alias. This happened to me too, where I like, I was all in on alias. And then the show just like 
slowly slid downward in quality and I just like didn't even bother finishing it. That's how little I ended up caring about it. But um, Brad, did you watch Justified at all? I did not. Uh, it's a show that I like Chris, I've also heard how great it is and I, I haven't seen any of it. It's one of those where I, I think about watching it every now and then and starting it off, but I just haven't dug into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, that same uh, recommendation, I, I really just, that second season of Justified, like TV in general doesn't get much better than that. I think it's, that's really the high point of the show and, and arguably one of the high points of like this golden era of TV. It's so, so good. Uh, Margot Martindale plays the sort of uh, villain of season two and she's incredible. So yeah, definitely uh, <laughs> encourage everybody to, to seek out the first two seasons of that show. Um, all right. So let's wrap this up with uh, one more news story. And this one is kind of bonkers. I just wanted to get you your take on this, both of you. Um, I'm not going to spoil Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, because that movie just came out today on HBO Max. But uh, if you've been paying attention to SlashFilm.com and other sites and and the internet in general, you probably know that there is another sort of nightmare sequence uh, in this movie um, that shows Batman meeting up with the Joker. And it was a big deal when Jared Leto's Joker was announced to be a part of this cast. And this nightmare scene takes place in this sort of post-apocalyptic future that we saw in uh, Batman versus Superman, where Batman faces off against what appears to be an evil Superman who is like under the control of uh, Darkseid, the the main big bad supervillain who um, is like looming over all of these Zack Snyder uh, superhero movies. So uh, in a new interview with Vanity Fair, um, Zack Snyder explained this whole backstory about uh, what he was going to do with more Justice League movies if he were given the chance to make them. And it doesn't look like he's going to have the chance to to actually follow through on this stuff. Um, he wanted to make a five-film arc that started with Man of Steel and went through Batman versus Superman, Justice League, and then Justice League 2 and 3. So the, these two uh, sequel movies are the ones that are probably never going to happen. But um, <laughs> he talked about basically, I, I, again, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, you can read all of the the details uh, in in this article, but um, uh, Snyder talked about his plan for a new Batman. So just the general gist of this sort of post-apocalyptic world that these characters find themselves in is because uh, Lois Lane dies in this this sort of timeline here, and uh, these characters end up trying to go back in time to prevent that from happening. And this is like a spoiler for a movie that isn't going to exist. But uh, in the third Justice League movie that Snyder would have made, Batman ends up sacrificing himself to save Lois Lane, who's like the key to this entire thing. And there would be a timeline where there's no Batman in it. And the world is saved. Reality is is all great. Everything's fine. And then... Uh, uh, Clark Kent slash Superman and Lois Lane end up having a child. And 20 years after that, in this Batman-less universe, they take their son to the Batcave. And in, in Snyder's words, it was going to be Lois and Superman's son. He doesn't have any powers. And then he was going to end up being the new Batman. 20 years later, on the anniversary of Batman's death, they take young Bruce Kent down to the Batcave. And they say, your Uncle Bruce would have been proud if you did this. So they're setting up... Superman and Lois's son to become the new Batman in 
the Snyderverse. So, uh, which is obviously like a pretty insane idea. So I just wanted to see what you guys thought about this. Uh, Brad, you cover superhero stuff pretty regularly. What do you think about this idea? So this was something that actually emerged a while back by, um, like, I don't even, when was this? This was like in, I think, 2019 or something like that, where everyone was, you know, still in support of the Snyder Cut and Zack Snyder was interacting with it about every now and then. And he did this, um, he released this t-shirt design that was made to raise money for suicide prevention and awareness. And the design, it's called like this, this Equitas shirt. And it's, it was essentially created as this like cryptic map as to what he intended to do with uh, his plans for Justice League. And so like at the very bottom of this thing is a picture of Batman with like, and then you can see like, a little like sperm tadpole that's swimming like towards a baby at the bottom of it. So this is something that was teased like a while back that people had figured out. And he even confirmed that like some like fans were like on the right path about that. And so even back then when I heard about it, I was like, what are we doing here guys? But at the same time, I suppose it's no crazier than anything that has ever happened in any Batman comics over the years. You know, I mean, when you think about the idea of flashpoint itself with Thomas Wayne becoming Batman, that's, you know, a pretty ridiculous concept in itself. It's a very comic book thing. And so having the mantle of Batman passed on to, you know, the son of Superman and Lois, uh, sure, why not? You know, it's just, it just seems like, I don't know, Zack Snyder just feels like he's trying so hard to, like, shake up everything about Batman and Superman without really having a firm grasp on what defines those heroes. So I think that's just the most frustrating aspect of all of this. Yeah. Um, Chris, do you sort of like respect the insanity of no. a choice like this? No, <laughs> okay. this is stupid. I, also, I got to say, it's got to suck to be like Superman's son and have no powers. Like how like <laughs> inadequate would you feel? It's like the ultimate like, oh, I'll never live up to my dad. My, da- my yeah. dad is Superman and I have no power. I guess becoming Batman is how he fills that void. Maybe that's what's going on here. It's just like a father and son like i'll never live to my dad's superman so i gotta become batman now <laughs> i just thought it was kind of crazy that like they they like uh it almost sounds like from snyder's um explanation here that like his parents are almost like goading him into like pressuring yeah, him into too. becoming batman like they're like the ultimate sports parents like get yes. out there become batman <laughs> i just want to i just want to read books no i gotta be batman now <laughs> Uh, I mean, just for my own personal uh, view on this, I, I kind of love this just because it is, you know, a big swing and it feels kind of in line with Snyder's take on these characters and, and his sort of like irreverent tone, which certainly does not work for me in every decision that he makes in these superhero movies. But this one is like so kind of, yeah, just like out there and such a big swing that I'm kind of like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm on board for that. I mean, obviously we're not going to see this unless something insane happens where like, the Snyder cut breaks subscription records on HBO max. And it becomes like the biggest streaming service in the world over this weekend. And the studio is like, here, take all of our money and do whatever you want. Um, it sounds like this is never actually going to happen, but uh, I think, I think it kind of would have been like an interesting ending to um, his five film arc. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like the ending of uh, the dark Knight rises where like, you know, Joseph Gordon Levitt's character is like, becomes you know his his quote-unquote robin becomes the new batman but you never really get to see that because it's the very end of the movie this seems like one of those big sort of finale reveals that would have been kind of the same kind of kind of thing there but with uh obviously a different familial connection so 
Um, yeah, if you, I, I'm curious what our listeners think about this too, because again, it's like a pretty big uh, sort of um, universe altering idea and there's different timelines and all that stuff playing into it. But I'm, I'm just curious like what people think about this. So if you have any uh, reaction to that news and you want to let us know, I, I would definitely be interested in reading it. You can email us at peter at slashfilm.com. Um, I think it's going to bring us to the end of today's episode, guys. So you can find more about all the stories that were mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com linked inside the show notes of this episode. SlashFilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to this show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps. And again, send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, uh, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that. Tell your friends, spread the word. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.